Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey y'all, it's football time here in Tennessee once again. So I had to wonder, what is Football Morning in America, NBC Sports, NFL writer, legend? Peter King, what does he think about the Chase Thomas podcast? I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Hey, y'all. Thanks for checking out the Chase Thomas podcast. If you are not already a subscriber and this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. Appreciate you guys checking out uh, what we've got cooking here on the program. Um, If you enjoy what you hear today, please make sure you hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. New episode, new content every single day. Tennessee Vols, Atlanta sports guys, sports reporters assemble, NFL, NBA, college football, all that and more right here on this feed each and every day. Your favorite writers, analysts, personalities in the space on this very feed every day. So if you like that, you like the best national sports talk with a local flavor outside of here in Knoxville, Tennessee, then this is the show for you. So make sure you're locked in on your preferred podcast player. And if you're already a subscriber, you know what I'm about to say. But if you could, please leave this show a five-star rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or however you're listening. I promise you it helps this show continue to grow, helps other people find the show, and all that good stuff. So if you could take a second today and you're already a fan, you love the show, tell a friend, family member, coworker, whoever about the Chase Homes Podcast as we get bigger and bigger each and every day here in Tennessee. I would greatly appreciate it. Five-star review or five-star rating. Write a review. I promise it helps in a major way. Takes a second. Hit that pause button. Take care of it today. And uh, yeah, we greatly appreciate it. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. <laughs> All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, everything school HQ, another five-star in the boat. Yesterday evening with Edge, top 35 player, Jordan Ross out of Estavia Hills, Alabama, beating out the Dogs, the Gators, and the Texas Longhorns in the Bama Crimson Tide for the premier Edge as Josh Heupel and company continue to stack Blue chippers on blue chippers on blue chippers and uh, move all the way up to number six in the uh, on three recruiting rankings for the 2024 class. Joe Milton is uh, soaring rave reviews through campus game week prep starts this week. Uh, they do two weeks prep ahead of <laughs> the college ball season. That's what Hypel does. So to just set the scene here for Max Markovich, who has to get ready to both mentally prepare for a big breakout, maybe J.J. McCarthy year, uh, never knowing when his head coach is going to be suspended, when he's not going to be suspended. And then the just the Joe Milton week-to-week hype machine that he's going to have to experience as a Michigan man is, uh, is going to be something else. And the Michigan boards 
and the message board geniuses that I cannot wait to see tweeted out about. We really picked JJ McCarthy over Joe Milton. What was this staff thinking? That's happening in mere weeks. Max Markovich, today at Python, how are you? Wait, wait, You're saying you've seen that? Because that doesn't. No, I'm sense. saying that's happening this fall. Oh, like, okay. I'm first seeing that kind of conversation. Okay, okay. Out. Yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever. Uh, whatever. Actually, they picked Cade McNamara over Joe Milton, uh, which was mm. also still a good decision. Um, <laughs> The J.J. McCarthy part of this is irrelevant. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to see if sixth-year senior Joe Milton can finally learn how to, you know, read defenses. He might not have to in that offense, but we'll see. Um, and scorn lover. This, what, this, this sounds very scorn, scorn to me, lover. Max. Are you, I watched some terrible football led by Joe Milton. Some yeah. terrible, terrible football. But, and this is key, uh, the Michigan Wolverines are actually, I don't know if you knew this, back-to-back Big Ten champions mm. and, and, and have been to the playoff both years. I, I don't know if Tennessee can say the same. I, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. And preseason number two, I'll, I'll add. Irrelevant. Garrett Chapman, who's just in the weeds with Haynes King mania over there uh, in the flats being named QB1, which I think was a surprise to a lot of folks. I had Kelly Quinlan mm. on a few weeks back who... Uh, uh, we talked about that battle between him and Zach Pyron. It seemed like Zach Pyron was probably going to be QB1 at the very least and have to lose it uh, in the season. And uh, that was kind of where things were trending. But um, yeah. no, it was Haynes King and Garrett Chapman is ready to go. Fresh off diving in the Corky Kell opener last week with Mike Matthews, oh, yeah. another Tennessee five-star commit. Balling out for my alma mater at Parview against Kell. Kell had nothing for the Panthers. Nothing. Kell struggling. Kell is struggling. Hate to see it. They spend too much time on those Instagram videos. They have too much time <laughs> on the high videos, not enough time on the practice field. Garrett, 19 on the game, 247 sports. Garrett, how are you? Good, man. Yeah, I, I kind of thought Haynes King had a good shot at getting the job. I I, I was surprised mm. that it was him over Pyron week one. I thought yeah. Haynes King eventually was going to get the job. Um, but if you think about it, it's like he, he was originally recruited by Buster Faulkner and company, um, the, this offensive staff, and uh, they they went into the portal to go get him for a reason. So, look, you might as well make him the starter week one. And there's a big emotional connection to Zach Pyron. So I feel like there are a lot of people in that fan base were a little disappointed that he didn't win. Uh, I'm not terribly surprised. Uh, he just it just the look in practice. It was basically basically what happened on Saturday, the last scrimmage of this the off season, and they came away kind of figuring that Haynes King was going to be the guy. Um, but no, no, life is good, man. Uh, High school football's back along, and and we love high school football action. College football action is is picking up in, well, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but Georgia Tech is coming back onto the flats on uh, next weekend. So, really excited about that. Mercedes Benz Stadium Week One for uh, Louisville and the Mer- I guess it's the Aflac kickoff now. It's not the Chick Fil A Bowl kickoff now. It's it's now the Aflac kickoff. But oh. we're still really excited about it. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Garrett, what can you what can you tell us about this 2026 kid who just committed to USC? Dude, oh, Juju, Juju is- Lewis. He won so a state good. title as a freshman last year. Or no, he lost in the state title game. He lost he got, to he lost uh, to a, Mill Creek. A, a, yeah. Mill Creek, which is it was an incredible game. Uh, yeah. the, no the defense seven, in that championships. one. Juju Lewis is gonna be he's he's like Trevor Lawrence level hype. Like, Why is he what's he doing really, committing right now? He just knew where he wanted to go. That's fine. He's gonna recruit his class over to USC. Um, it makes sense if you're a quarterback. He's a true sophomore. Like he's, he's got years. He's yeah. class of 26, though, not even 25. Yeah. Like most of the 25 yeah. guys haven't haven't committed. Yeah. I was surprised he he committed already, but it's like he's going to a place where 
it's a it's a blue blood marquee program with a killer head coach who it makes sense yeah. why he's going out there. He's a he's just a plug and play kind of guy for that spread offense out there on the West Coast. So USC is going to be really good <laughs> with Juju, and now they're he's going to go through and re- be able to recruit his own class. And um, I was surprised he committed this soon. I figured he would wait another year just to see what happens because you never know if. I mean, Lincoln Riley could go coach in the NFL next year. You have absolutely no idea. So I thought it was a little interesting, but no, the kid is everything advertised. I saw him last year in the quarterfinals. He is special. Like he is so good. If he cuts down on some turnovers, which, you know, he's a freshman, he threw 48 touchdowns last year and 4,000 yards in 7A. He can't drive, but he can play premier (laughs) high school football at the 7A level. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. Pretty wild. He's probably one of the more impressive young, like, players that i've seen in georgia yeah seven a football it's built different um in the state of georgia so we are going to talk some football on this very show but we are going to start here with some hawk stuff we we love the hawk stuff the schedule was released this past week um trey young had uh lonzo ball on this week and do it i watched some of that lonzo i just feel terrible like everything new with lonzo just makes me sad and now he's like yeah showing that he can sit in a chair uh to prove Stephen a wrong on twitter i saw today and i'm just like weird flex well that we're it just it's dark times and i i love uh uh lonzo and i'm a big lamello guy and it just kind of it really sucks to see what happened because people forget the bulls were a number one seed for a little bit and it looked really promising uh before injuries and everything else derailed what uh what they were cooking up there in the windy city but we have some atlanta sports stuff to talk about and my question to you kick this to max first your favorite because i do reading through the tea leaves i just i think capella is not going to be on the roster before the season starts i don't think he's going to be the opening night starting center it just seems like that's where we're headed um i think if all things considered if the hawks were able they would have already moved him um this summer maybe draft night it seems like that's kind of where things are headed but if you had to put together your favorite Hawks trade for Landry Fields. Do do his job for him, Max. What is the Clint Capella trade for you that would make you happiest? I I don't have a good answer to this. I, first of all, I am glad uh, I'm glad you came around on the Capella thing. You've been saying for months uh, that they won't trade Capella. He's Trey's guy. I believe last last episode we had you asked us what the percentage chances are. He'd be on the roster to begin next year. Mm. Uh, I said 95% no. Mm. Uh, and then I also said I don't think he'll be on the roster to begin this year. Yeah. I, I just think they want to see a Kongu. So, like, for me, the 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 ideal trade would be, like, sort of a replacement level center and then, like, a first. If they could get a first out of Capella, which I I don't know if they can. Um, I don't I – don't, the thing with this team is like you don't want more depth pieces. So like you're not looking to turn Capella into like two or three depth pieces. You're looking for probably to recoup some dra- future draft capital, and they're gonna need another center, right? Um, I, I I don't know if that team is Dallas. Uh, I haven't heard about whether that has become. I mean, I think that that trade has been on on again, off again, all all off season. Um, yeah. So that's that's my best answer. But really, honestly, to me, any good, any tr- Capella trade is a good trade because it gives more time to Okongwu. What do you think, Garrett? I, I think he's right. I mean, you're not you're not trading Clint Capella for anything less than a like a first round pick or something that's going to make you better right now. Uh, 
and I mean, I, I like the starting level because I, I don't know what you're going to go get for him at this point. And he'd be part of a, a bigger package. That's kind of where I see him fitting in. Um, he's just not a big enough piece to really justify moving. If it's just a one for one, like, I don't know if he's worth a, a depth player, or a depth center and a, and a first round pick. I, he may not be. Um, I think he's a really good player and I think he's got a good, good role in this team. Um, but he's going to be involved with a number of other pieces. If, if that's the move that's going to be made, like maybe a Deandre Hunter, or maybe you throw in a, a bogey or I don't, I don't really know who else you would throw in there, but I don't want to see him go unless this team is getting better right now, because you've got a superstar entering his prime. And these are the types of years that you really risk souring your star, because if you just throw away basketball seasons, that's just a recipe for disaster. And we've seen it happen with, with players time and time again in the NBA. And I just really don't want to see that for Trey. Um, I, I think this team is good enough as constructed to be a better basketball team this year, just with Quinn Snyder and a little bit more continuity and consistency at the top. Um, but if you're trading Clint Capella, I, I, we better see a starter out of it. That's my only thing. I don't think they're going to get a starter out of it. And I don't even know if necessarily you need a starter for Capella. I'd actually just rather get two depth pieces. And I think the trade for me is the Mavericks. Luca loves the pick and roll more than any other superstar in this league. Harden used to be this role. It's Luka Doncic now. Like you watch a Mavs game. That man is looking for 97 pick and rolls every single game. And it's just impossible to stop because there's nothing you can do with the Luka pick and roll when it's effective. And Clint Capella, we've seen what he's done with Trey. And it would be a seamless fit. I understand why there's a Mavericks interest there with their kind of dearth of guys. And Derek Lively is going to maybe be uh, the long-term answer there at the five for Dallas. But you would like a placeholder. And I think Capella actually fits that really well. And it would be a seamless fit. I think it's Dwight Powell and Tim Hardaway Jr. for Capella. It, the money works. Hardaway's been a hawk before. I think with the Wesley Matthews signing with kind of what... Quinn Snyder has done in the past, I think we're going to see a lot of high pick and roll basketball with three shooters around Trey. And I think if you're able to bring in another one and Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, to help guys like AJ Griffin and Jalen Johnson and Sadiq Bey and um, insert names here, like you want as much shooting on this roster as possible would be my guess. And then Dwight Powell is just a solid backup option for Anyeka. And uh, I, I think that would be the best case scenario. Uh, it gives Anyeka the full blown starting five opportunity and also just some quality depth behind him a guy who's played a lot of important minutes and just been a solid role player in Dwight Powell who you're fine being your eighth or ninth guy and then Tim Hardaway is someone who probably plays his way in and out of the rotation older guy but when he's on he's extremely helpful and it's just another vet shooter that I think the Hawks were missing last year I just don't think Dallas does it hmm. honestly um I I get the rationale like I I, I kind of do think this team needs another guard a little bit. Like yeah, I, the, the more I think about it, I think they need, I need another guard. Like I don't think it doesn't really seem like Buffkin's going to be able to contribute right away. Mm. Um, they have AJ obviously. Like you can you can only count on Bogey for fifty five games a year, maybe. Mm. Um, and so beyond that, it gets kind of thin. Um, but I'm also like. 
I don't know. Like this, is, the Hawks are weirdly one of the deepest teams in the in the NBA. Like in terms of like rotational guys who can play and who they want to play. Mm. Um, and I just don't know if cashing in one role player slash starter for two does much. Um, like at that point, I'm maybe just like, I, I I don't know. I like I think I would do that trade. Like I think both of those guys are are good solid nba players who improve your team i i just don't know why dallas would that almost it also almost feels like a move to make a move hmm. uh i don't really get a lot out of it i mean it's i i like like max said like i understand the rationale i know why you would do it i know why both teams would do it theoretically um but i don't know how much better either team necessarily gets per se maybe it adds some depth it just feels like a move to make a move to me. It just doesn't really move the meter too much. But I mean, that doesn't mean it's a bad move. But I don't know. It's just I don't really have much of an opinion on it, truthfully. Do you is Capella an expiring this year, or does he have one more year after that? I thought he had two uh, more years. One more year. So yeah. okay, so he and he and Hardaway he has this year and then next the, year, and that's would it. Be yeah. on the same time frame. I think Hardaway's a free agent after twenty five. Yeah. Uh. No. Har- yes, they're the same. And then Powell is three. He has uh, three years total if you include this year. Yeah, but he's making eight million dollars. Like Hardaway's, like he's had a really interesting career, um, and has become kind of a guy that, uh, like when he's on, he's really important for for mm. Dallas. Like because they need guards like that who can sort of play both play both ways. Don't need the ball, can spot up and shoot, and be happy with that, but also can initiate when they do. Um, Bill Simmons on his podcast mentioned this stat uh, that. Luka Doncic leads the NBA in uh, field goals made without being assisted mm. at 84% of his field goals are unassisted. Yeah. That is stunning. So like Dallas just needs guys like Powell and Hardaway and uh, you know, Finney Smith filled this role when he was there where it's like, just do your job, be there when, when things break down, make a three, you know, rim run and like, let it be the Luka Get the show. Ball to Luka. It's just kind of funny to me that like Luca gets none of the shit that Trey gets about like he's probably the highest volume uh, usage rate guy in the NBA. Uh, They they haven't won more than the Hawks, um, and he doesn't play much defense either. Hmm. Yeah, I mean they're in the West. Trey Young missed the playoffs; he would be getting raked over the the coals on social media. In the West, it's a little different. I'll, I'll grant that, but like they have the same deficiencies, and and Luca gets none of that shit, but. That's not the conversation you wanted to have. We're not doing this. I can't do it. <laughs> I, I physically can't do it. I I, I cannot. Uh, I'm protecting my mental health here. I'm I'm not doing it. I'm not taking the bait, Max Markovich. Um, however, I speaking of like how we're feeling as a whole, feeling good or feeling great. This is something that I was thinking about. Um, as a whole, like you see, wide receiver one, like the Falcons put out today, like T uh, tight end one and wide receiver one with uh, Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Uh, Garrett, are you feeling good or are you actually feeling great? And we're uh, lumping Kyle Pitts into this discussion about the wide receiver room for the Falcons this year, because I've seen a lot more people uh, talk about like the Falcons are going to be more balanced than people think that it's not just going to be run, 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 and that they are going to be closer to 50, 50 or 60, 40 in terms of run pass, uh, just uh, deviation here. So what what would you say? Are you feeling good or are you feeling great about the Falcons' wideout options? 
Uh, good. Good okay. for sure. Um, I mean, Drake London, I think, is going to be a stud. I think he fits his offense perfectly. Uh, Big-bodied guy who can make plays. I mean, you saw what he did in his one drive um, last week. He made a gorgeous, gorgeous catch on the sideline, and I, I think it was almost underrated how incredible of a catch that was. And he got the knee down. It was just very impressive. Um, I'm also going to lump in Kyle Pitts, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. because Kyle Pitts was healthy. Kyle Pitts played last week, and I thought that was a little surprising. I was not expecting him to be in action um, in the preseason, no less. But seeing him and Desmond Ritter link up a few times was a good good thing to see. With those two guys leading your room, and yes, he is a wide receiver. He's just a unicorn. I think we're going to finally see him be that unicorn again this year. Uh, I feel pretty good. you know. And I would like to see a little bit more depth in the room. That's the only thing separating a, a good from a great. Like Matt Collins, I think, is another big-bodied guy on the outside. That's going to be fine. Cordero Hodge is fine. Like Penny Hart, fine. Scotty Miller, fine. Like it's okay. Like behind Drake London, it's eh, not great. But Drake London is awesome. Kyle Pitts is awesome. Cordero Patterson, who I think is going to be lining up at wide receiver a good bit, or at least in the slot, he's pretty awesome. Like getting guys in space with with some speed and athleticism, like a Bijan Robinson, that's going to help you a lot. That's kind of what I see this passing attack being, and then you throw it up to a guy like Drake London or Kyle Pitts or even a Johnny Smith in the at the tight end position. But I think your pass catchers are pretty strong. Depth is a concern at that position, and I think it'll be something that they likely address in the coming year and years in the NFL draft. Uh, but for right now, I mean, I think it's pretty strong as long as they stay healthy at the top. Do you share that optimism, Max? Because it's not he didn't go great. It's good. Not if great. If I, if I can put on my Arthur Smith hat for a moment, like oh, absolutely. It's kind of a fantasy football ass question, you know. Oh, like, <laughs> like when you when you line up the depth chart and you look mm. at the depth chart, which the Falcons depth chart is hilarious. I love the way they handle that. Um, Why like, is it hilarious? Bijan Robinson is the RB three right now. Yeah, uh, Kyle Pitts was like the tight end five his rookie year. Uh, anyway. When you like throw it on a depth chart and you're like, oh, wide receiver two, Mac Collins, like he's not a wide receiver two in the NFL. Like that's not how they think. Like mm. the 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 skill position players, the pass catchers are I feel great about, right? Like I feel great about Drake London. I feel great about Kyle Pitts. I feel really good about the way John o. Smith's gonna fit in here. I feel great about Bijan Robinson's pass catcher. Like when Cordero Patterson's healthy, he is a great weapon to have. Um and then, well, we've, we've just named like five guys, right? Who are going to catch passes and be effective for this offense. So like, it, yeah, having Scotty Miller as your, as your third receiver on paper um, is not a great NFL receiving room, but that's not how they like approach this. And I think, I think that's really important. Like um, Nate Tice, who is obsessed with the Falcons offense, like obsessed, uh, tweeted out, some clips from the game uh and he tweeted out three separate clips of three separate formations with the same personnel grouping like the exact same personnel grouping just like three drastically different formations like that's how they're gonna play this year like Kyle Pitts will be split out wide one play he'll be in line one play John o. Smith will be here Drake London will be here Bijan will be here Cordero will be here so like in the future would I like for them to improve you know, the wide receiver room a little bit beyond Drake London, mostly because like if Drake London went down, that would be like a real problem. 
Yeah. yeah, I would I would like to see that. But is it even like a top five priority for this roster for me? I, I don't think it is. Hmm. I think it's fair. I, I mean, I see what you're saying. I mean, it, it's more of a it's just a depth thing. That's that's really my biggest thing is is just getting somebody behind Drake London. But I feel like when you're in the NFL, I mean, like that's very consistent across most teams. You know, not every team is going to go be like the Miami Dolphins who have. Uh, Tyreek Hill and then Jalen Waddle is your your other guy on the other side. Yeah, of the field. and also like if if let's say Drake London got hurt, this team's going to carry like a, a million tight ends on the roster, right? If you wanted to just split Kyle Pitts out wide for a whole game because Drake London's yeah. hurt and have him play that X receiver and do the exact same things Drake London does, you probably could basically do that. Well, they they kind of already do, right? I mean, it helps that extent both of them rather than just one. But yeah, it would it would. Um, I don't know, I, I, but I mean, I, I, it's just, it's just depth. It's just depth. I just and, think, and that's kind of how I feel across most of these positions for the Falcons. Offensive line is another one of those teams or, or groups that I feel like it's like at the top, I feel pretty good. You know, like they, they're really, really good at the top. But then once you get past that surface level, then I get a little concerned. Are you not sold on Jalen Mayfield swing tackle? I think he's going to lose that job. I will say though, it is really nice. I don't to know be- if he has the job. It, it, it is really nice to be talking about like who's going to win the Falcons swing tackle job rather than like who's going to start at, you know, right tackle and left guard, which, which we seem to do every year at this time. Like all camp has basically been, I mean, since Hennessy went down, it's mm-hmm. been pretty clear who the starters are on the offensive line. And that's, that's a refreshing change. Yeah. Well, speaking of what they've looked like on the field and everything else, Final preseason game uh, this Thursday night. What's left, Garrett, that you haven't seen that you're curious about with this team? What what in the preseason have they not shown or something that you've still been pondering that you would like for them to at least showcase a little bit on Thursday so that you have a better feel for it? What what are you missing here? Just Desmond Ritter in this offense. I just want to mm. see what they look like. And they're not going to show me. Of course, they're not going to show me. But I mean, Arthur Smith said after the game, he's like, yeah, we kept this shit, but vanilla. You know, mm. it, like, that's what we're going to do. We're not going to show you anything. Like, the sub packages were, were vanilla. The the play calling was vanilla. Like, the they only went out there for one drive. Like, it's the things I want to see, I know I'm not going to see. I'm probably mm. not even going to see starters, you know? No, we don't have any confirmation one way or the other. I'd love to see that. Because I want to see what they do against Tomlin's group, who he already said that we're going to see some starters for them. Yeah, uh, At least there's a pretty good chance of that. So, look, I, I would like to see them go out for another drive just because I'm starving for football. But I understand why they're not going to do it in all likelihood because they want to figure out who's going to be figuring out or filling these depth roles for the team. But, you know, I, I really I just don't want to go see another game of, of Logan Woodside leading the team. Like it's okay. Like he's fine. Like, I, are we gonna go? Is he even gonna make this roster? I don't know. He could. They could carry the third quarterback. Uh, I know that there are some other teams that are pretty starving for a backup quarterback. I mean, we saw what Cincinnati looked like. Their, that backup quarterback situation was pretty dreadful. So situations like that make me think that we might carry a Logan Woodside into the season. But as far as this week goes, I just want to see the starters one more time. Just they they have a little bit of rust with the. Like Lindstrom had the, the holding penalties, which were rather uncharacteristic of him, which I just attribute to him not playing yet. And look, if we see some of that, I'd be happy. I know I'm not. So I, I just want to see more consistent play uh, and aggression from the defense and Ryan Nielsen. Yeah. I just, 
I would like to see Desmond Ritter do more. I think that's the right pick. It's like, I just want to, like, some kind of... So I, I don't want it to be a complete, like, wash where you come into the year where I'm like, I have no clue what to make of Desmond Ritter at this point, what his development is. I want to see him unload something. I want him to open it up a little bit. I, I just don't think he's going to play, right? Like, no. I, I don't... He yeah, should. I don't... I, I don't disagree. Like, but, they, but, I, but, like, okay, so... For example, there are a bunch of guys out of out of practice today, right? Yeah. I think a couple of them were offensive linemen. It's just sort of small things. Lindstrom might have been one of them, actually. Max is like in the weeds. I am just imagining I'm, Max here. Like every hour, he's getting text alerts on dude, like I, I, Lindstrom's I out. You, he's getting a Gatorade break. Actually, body to, armor light. He's a body armor you, peach mango you, you, guy. You gotta trust me. I'm I'm locked into this. Um, and oh go. my god. This Arthur, is Smith, Arthur Smith said before the first preseason game, like we're not going to throw out Ritter with our backup offensive line and yeah. like, nor should he. So if, if you want to give those guys some rest, you're not just going to throw out Ritter behind offensive line when he's not going to play with. And I'm yeah. completely fine with that. There are two names for one spot that I'm, I'm interested in um, seeing more from because they've played a lot of reps this preseason, maybe unexpectedly. Mm. And that's Arnold Abiketti and D'Angelo Malone. Mm. Like those are guys who have been playing like into the fourth yeah. quarter um, with like the threes and fours. And I think, I think it's just because they really want reps. Like they want to get those guys reps because they, they know they need them. That's like one, that, that is probably like one of the main pivot points on this, ro- on this roster this season for me is if like one of those guys steps up and has like a breakout year, that like pretty dramatically changes your your ceiling on defense, and and you kind of need Ebiketti to make that break. Like he, you needs definitely to need do one it. of them. Um, ideally, it would be Ebiketti. I mean, they took him at the top of the second round. I think mm. uh, traded up for him. I believe mm. like that's a that's a that's a pick you got to hit on. Um, mm. and that 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 would also turn that draft class from like a really good draft class to like a great draft class. Um. Yeah, I think that's one pivot point where I think those guys will play. Uh, I think they'll probably play a lot again. And I'm. It's just been interesting to me this preseason that they've like they've been getting like reps deep into the game. Ebiketti had that. Um, I think it was like a, a spin move sack on some like third string tackle, uh, which was sick. And, like, new, yeah, like get, bring his confidence up. Sure, like yeah. let's. I'm cool with it. Uh, Malone's been showing some like pretty like. I think some new like bull rush stuff. That's pretty cool. Uh, I'm, I'm into that. Um, and the rest of it, like I'm cool. Like don't play Grady Jarrett. Don't play Liz. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't need that. Um, no I'm corner ready. should play the rest of the preseason. Like AJ Terrell certainly should not play. Yeah. Uh, especially given what's going on in that room. So someone yeah, should have stepped up it. though to block Jesse Bates from changing from 30 to three. I've sold a lot of Jesse Bakes stock since uh, he went from 30 to three. Don't like, like three? that for a safety. Dude, three is so clean. No, can't be a safety. You can't be a free safety at three. 30 is elite. 30 is a good elite safety number. I, think I, you're like wrong 30. This. I feel good about 30. I feel terrible about three in the back, the back end. I don't want I, any part of it. I couldn't three hate numbers. that take anymore. <laughs> Give me the best one. Who 30 is, is such a lame number. Put period. a four in front of it. Let's get Palomalo in here. 43. 43. Yeah. No. 34. I don't no. want this. I don't no, like three for Jesse Bates. It made me mad. Also, how was he allowed to do this? It's like, because people have already bought Jesse Bates 30 jerseys, right? I'm sure if they have, they will be allowed to. He like, didn't even make it a full offseason and he changed numbers. 
No. That's wild. Also, I was at the Braves game on Friday night. The amount of Strider uh, 60 whatever jerseys. What was he? 65? Before he changed to 99? What was he? Yeah. The I don't even remember the world before he was 99. Yeah, like multiple. I'm talking multiple Strider 65s. I'm like, oof. That, that just hurts. Like you spend 100 bucks and then he doesn't even get a year at that number. And he's number 99. Tough. Also, seeing Spencer Strider live in person, 10 out of 10, would recommend. What I would not Is recommend. That your first time? Uh, Strider in person? Yes. At Truist? Yeah. No. Wow. But it's been a while since I've been back at Truist. I'll tell you, too hot. Don't know how anyone's going to Braves games right now. Like, it was 9 o'clock. They're selling out, dude. They're selling I, out games. It's a death trap. I was so hot. Like, I've forgotten, like, Tennessee, it cools down to the 60s at 8 or 9 o'clock. Like, it, it gets hotter in the day. Dude, it was 80 at 9 o'clock. And I'm, like, over here. I'm looking at my wife. I'm like, I'm roasting. Are you hot as hell? Like, we're up there. And I'm just like, I am roasting. I, I'm it's I'm unwell. I, this is, it needs to cool off. So, when I'm in a Falcons game this fall and uh, inside the bins or I'm back at State Farm, I'm like, yeah, this is the good stuff. Back in uh, back in air conditioning because uh, a lot of people enclosed and you're just it's very hot. I was just very hot. I felt old. I'm like I'm it's, I'm too hot. It's, I'm too old for this. It's too hot. No thanks. It's a good time. No though. no more day baseball games in your future. Ever. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, Max, buy or sell? DJ and Trey. I was thinking about this going through like the different backcourts in the Eastern Conference this year, man. Because the Eastern Conference just is. If the Celtics don't walk through the East this year, I just don't know when they're going to walk through and break through because it's just right there for them on a silver platter um, for the Celtics to win 60 games and be the best team in the East. Um, Buy or sell, though. DJ and Trey form the best backcourt duo in the East this year. Are you buying that or selling it with a full year, full offseason, Quinn Snyder, full year with this group? Do you think they're actually going to have the best backcourt in the East I'm trying to think about who I'm comparing this with now. Uh, I mean, it's not Boston. It's nope. not Philly. Cleveland. It might not be Philly. It's Cleveland. It's Cleveland. That's the right answer, Garrett. Uh, I would rather have Garland and Mitchell. Um, would you? I think they work better together. Yeah, I, I think they're more complimentary. Uh, mm-hmm. I I really like Garland, too. Like, I'm I'm probably higher on Garland. Uh like I would trade Trey for Garland tomorrow. Um, Ooh, yeah, I would. I could do it. I really would. Um, oh mm. I don't know. That was that that controversial opinion. He's just like um, Trey's still a number two, potentially on a title team. Like, how can Trey ever be a number two? His skills don't don't like eh. align with that. I mean, he could be a Kyrie on a title team. Kyrie was playing with LeBron. That's what I'm saying. He's a number two. Like it, it's the right situation. Like you saw yeah, it. Like if you put if you put Trey with like Kevin Durant, Jokic, and, Phoenix, and yeah. uh, or Jokic, yeah, he know, could do what Jamal Murray did in the postseason. He could. You're right, but I think Jokic could win a title with like a lot of. Free I'm not disagreeing, but I'm saying there's a path. It's just the path is yeah, not yeah, Trey yeah. being the I, best player. I get yeah. what you're saying. Um, but I, if Garland, I'm, I think, is the third best player on a title team. I don't know. I, I don't agree. Like I think mm. I also think there's a question here of ceiling too, which like I think. Trey, like we we know what, who Trey is, and he's a really really good player. I think Garland, there's still more in there. Um, I wouldn't even take Brent or uh, Garland over Brunson. I would take Brunson. 
Maybe. I could see it. Regardless, uh, Donovan Mitchell is significantly better than DeJounte Murray as a basketball player. I don't I don't know. That's a fair take. I also think like the advantages that DeJounte gives you as a defender uh are kind of just like offset by Trey as a defender, right? So like if you were trying to say Garland and Mitchell are pretty weak defensively and they're kind of bailed out by Mobley and Allen, well like DeJounte and Trey as a duo aren't that much better defensively. Um but yeah, I would take Cleveland. But I think that's it. I don't Is think there a path, Cleveland. Garrett, to them yeah, having the path. I think there is a path to them actually yeah. being and what does that mean? Like if we're in February and DJ and Trey are both all stars, because if this is the case and they're both all stars, like if they are the best backcourt in the East this year, that means yeah. they're both all stars. What does that mean record wise? Because that me- could that mean with the Sixers kind of imploding here this offseason, the Bucks having some injury questions. Um, you look at the top of East, kind of topsy turvy at this point outside of Boston. Is there a path that, if that's the case, they're a two or three seed potentially? Well, yeah. I mean, if they if they reach their full potential in that backcourt, they're the best duo in the Eastern Conference. Of course, they are. If they reach that potential, just because Trey Young at his very best is one of the best players in the NBA, especially at point guard. Like when he's playing his best basketball. Like if you look at what he did in 2021 in that playoff run. For the like, if he's just that guy, like he shoots efficiently, he makes his baskets, and he's assisting at a high level. He's one of the best players in the NBA. But the problem is, he's not that most of the time. Most of the time, he's chucking up bad shots, and his efficiency is very low, and uh, he gets frustrated, and sometimes he he hogs the ball a little bit too much. And I, I like, look, he's he just has his frustrations, and I have my frustrations with him. But when he's playing at his highest level. He's really, really good. I, I just, but I would, I agree with Max. Like I'd take Cleveland on like a standard playoff or not a non-playoff game, a series or whatever. I, I would take those two in just a regular season contest. But I think we saw in Boston what a Trey and DeJounte duo could look like when they took game five. Hmm. Like they go off and they just are both go back and forth between being unstoppable. Uh, and yeah. If they are like that on a more consistent level, then great. I'll take that. I I think that's going to be really good, and that's going to translate to a lot of regular season wins. My problem is we just haven't seen that yet. And I I think the ceiling is there. And if if they're both all-stars, then I think this team is going to be one of the top three teams in the Eastern Conference, at least by record, Uh, just because that's how good that those two could be. I I don't know if we're going to actually see that, though. And there's there's just a difference between those two things. If, if they're going to be the best backcourt in the East, then something has to change, right? And I think there's a pathway to what changes. I think hmm. I think with DeJounte's always been a better, uh, like, um, off-the-dribble shooter than catch-and-shoot, right? If, if, you know, through Quinn or, or from some other way, like, he becomes a better catch-and-shoot shooter, like, that would change a lot. Um and then Trey, like everyone talks about it all the time, and it's become kind of a tired talking point. But like, if he played more off the ball and got more like good looks from three, that would change the dynamic of the offense, put the ball in Dejounte's hands more, and then they would become more complementary. So part of it involves it's not like a selfishness thing from Dejounte; he just has to be more efficient on catch and shoot. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it definitely involves definitely involves Trey being a little more unselfish. Um, but I think that that's there, right? Like we, I, I'm, I'm open to the idea that like 
Quinn is going to improve specifically like I don't know. Like I think there's there's a world where Quinn improves this team by like an order of magnitude just by like being here and that's one way that 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 might happen. Yeah, and I think it's a trust thing for Trey. I I don't think he trusted his team for a long time uh to be able to pick up and do and like, you know, carry the ball and still get the ball back to him. Um I think that comes with just time and Quinn Snyder I think can be that guy to help him sort of facilitate that trust factor. Um I don't, and I don't know how relevant this is, but he has been training with Steph Curry mm-hmm. over the offseason. And I don't know how relevant that's going to be. I don't know if it's going to translate at all. I don't know if it, was, if it was just for social media. I have absolutely no idea. But I know that he does have a big old chip on his shoulder from not being over there in uh, the FIBA team. Like Not being on the national team has got to piss him off. And hopefully I see we see pissed off, pissed off Trey. I love pissed off Trey. Because whenever he has that big old chip on his shoulder, when he's not trying to do too much, if you if you can combine those two things, if Quinn Snyder can do that, Trey can be a, a really good player. And I mean like one of the best players in the NBA. If like you can combine that 10-ton chip on his shoulder with him trusting his offense and trusting his team and playing within the flow of the offense and not shooting a damn 40-footer just taking the ball up the court, then he can be really damn good. And the thing is, if he's that, I think DeJounte Murray gets better and the rest of the Hawks get better. And this team is a, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. They'll finish in the top four. And I think him just embracing Quinn Snyder, I think the point about Quinn just like there's just an upgrade there where I think this is the best coach Trey's had to this point. Part of me is kind of like there's going to be a what if thing no matter what. Like what if he gets Quinn right away? Like what if he yeah. comes into the NBA with Quinn? What does Trey Young look like uh, to this point? I think there's just going to be, I think the floor, he's, Quinn's a natural floor raiser. So I just think part of me here in late August, I'm like, I think I'm buying some, like, they deserve the benefit of the doubt. And I think this roster is starting to look like a roster that Quinn can maximize a lot of youth. Um, still a mood to be made with Capella, but like, there's still a lot of high upside guys. And like Trey, getting back to the best version of himself or playing a little bit better. DeJounte, I think it'd be hard for me to see him having a worse year this year than he did last year. DeAndre Hunter, if he plays, this is a great system for him and a great situation for him. AJ Griffin, this should be great. Jalen Johnson is in the positive graces, it seems, with Quinn. So he should have an uptick. I think Sadiq Bey is going to be awesome this year. Like, I'm by... You, you guys know, I've gobbled up all the Sadiq Bey talk, uh, stock here. And then, will it be a net positive with John Collins just not being there? Um, like, it's just... It's going to be more... It's going to be kind of wild to see Trey in this iteration of the Hawks, where I just think there's going to be the most amount of spacing he's ever played with in Atlanta. And I think that's just going to make him better, at least on the offensive end. Also, like it should be said with Trey, like it does seem like this is the first coach he's like actually respected. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that that matters. Like that matters a lot. And him talking about like, I want Quinn to be my like Steve Kerr or whatever, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't mean anything just by virtue of him saying it other than he's willing to buy in. And like with the NBA, sometimes like that is everything Well, the guy's mm-hmm. talented as Trey, like that's everything he has to respect his coach or like, he's just going to do his thing. Um, and I don't know the extent to which they're going to get a bump from Quinn, but I, I, 
I think they're going to get some kind of bump, right? And so what does that look like? Part of it is your superstar being like, no, I'm all in on this guy. And like that trickling down to the rest of the team. Um, so if you're, if you're, if Quinn Snyder tells Trey, Hey, we need you to do this, this, and this more because you're going to get more of these kinds of looks. He's far more inclined to do it than if any other coach he's had in the NBA uh, said it. Let's just say that. I like it. Garrett Chapman, what could the good folks check out from you and the team over at 99 The Game and 247 Sports this week? High school football back in action coming up on Friday. Um, high school scoreboard show is back. <clears throat> Thursday night, we've got the uh, Falcons flyover. Of course, we've got all of the reactions and all of your coverage for the Atlanta Falcons, but taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in the final game of the preseason and college football game time. We're bringing that back next week. So we're, uh, and I'm, I'm kicking off the uh, a college football game time podcast too. So that's going to be really fun. Okay. Talking I like, it. I like it. I'm just excited to talk Atlanta sports again with y'all, like actual games, like actual Falcons, Hawks games, and then Brace postseason games. Like when it really matters because they're just they're fighting through it. Like I, I can't have a take about the guy who got sent down after getting shelled last night. Um, Alan Winans, you know you don't have a big take on Winans. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Garrett, know Garrett is paid to come up with these takes. Yeah, like I just I can't do it. Like there are Braves fans who get up online. They're like, it's a disaster. Oh my god. And I'm like, it's late August. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Their team's really good. They've yeah, won 80 just, games. We got another game coming up right now. Yeah, we're just, fine. I'm not worried. We're fine. Not worried. Uh, Max Markovich. Game lead on the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm not there. <laughs> as long as we keep that, I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, Braves fans might actually lose their apps. Uh, the worst case scenario is Freddie Freeman winning an MVP over Acuna. If that happens, you want to see a meltdown of epic proportions. Freeman finishing first over Acuna and Matt Olson would be. Because they split the vote. Like, Olson and Acuna split it. And Freddie Freeman gets the most amount of first place votes and wins. Because right now, I think there is a case that it could, like, it's a coin flip between Acuna and Freeman. If he gets, if he hits the 40-40 or the 40-90 mm-hmm. or whatever the hell he's going to actually get, sorry, it's over. I We'll see. I, no, I, if, I if he hits 40-40, if he hits at least 40-40, he's mm. got it, period. Okay. It's over. He'll get I hope that. so. I Same. do, too. We'll see if he hits the home runs. I'll be logging on to Twitter.com either way. On that X, X.com. I, I'm not doing that. Uh, <laughs> Max Markovich. I don't know how to play for you. Yeah. Uh, He's doing good yeah, work. Yeah, we can plug. Um, I'm pumped about the Falcons. That's what okay. I can plug. We well, know you're an absolute sicko. Uh, Let the good folks know that I, Max Markovich is so in be- Like, I'm you're locked. so emotionally invested. Like, you're. Yes, yes, yes. I am. Guy. Yes. But Big also, uh, what we can plug is that if if the good folks uh, want to meet me in Ann Arbor, Michigan, for a free Jim Harbaugh rally, uh, we'll be we'll be taking to the uh, we'll be taking to the NCAA over uh, this ridiculousness. Maybe he should have cooperated. Like maybe he should have followed the lead of the University of Reason, the University of Let's get out in front of this. The University of Honesty. Let's get out the in University front of, this. of Tennessee. Didn't Tennessee delay Max, that. Like, when the grills come out, at least at least make sure you got bacon on those cheeseburgers, okay? Mm. I on. mean, all that's left to do is is just. I mean, it's just going to light a fire under the team even more. I yeah. mean, that's that's fifteen and zero coming real soon. Oh wow! Garrett Chapman, Max Markovich, always a pleasure, and I'll talk to y'all next week. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. 
As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing, mm-hmm. you're, um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.